From the Zoom Town Studios in beautiful Bend, Oregon, it's Truth in Lending, the podcast for mortgage people by mortgage people. Today, folks, is July 16, 2022. Get out your abacus, boys and girls, because today is all about the numbers. Special guest Matt Graham is joining us in studio, and your favorite Roman numerals, Randy and Katie, are cooking up some simple math soup for you today. Simple math soup? Who writes this crap? (laughs) Anyway, and now the writers of this show, Randy Vance and Katie Pelcher. I've never been in trouble for writing crap before. (laughs) (laughs) Usually we all just accept it. It took 10 episodes. Here we are, episode 10. Let's get right into the disclaimer. All right, kick it off. Truth in Lending is an informative and industry diverse podcast designed to help mortgage professionals and consumers alike. As mortgage professionals, anytime we are giving our opinion or advice related to the mortgage world, we are doing licensed activity, in which case we must disclose our unique identifiers. Randy Vance, NMLS 1455628, and Synergy One Lending, NMLS 1907235, equal housing lender. Katie Pelcher, NMLS 1588514, Loan Depot, NMLS 1744457, equal housing lender. If you've listened to more than one episode of the show, we're going to keep <laughs> recording the disclaimer new every, every time. single we don't time. Need it. We don't need to call it. Who needs a stock disclaimer anyway? <laughs> yeah. You should do the Micro Machines voice guy where it's super duper quick. Ooh, Absolutely. Super speed it. Absolutely. Do you as know long the as commercial I'm talking about? No. Uh, that's an age thing. Well, he oh. kind of introduced himself already, but please welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> boy, this is a long title. Chief Operating Officer for Mortgage News Daily and MBS Live, Mr. Matt Graham. Thanks for having me. Correction. Correction on the MBS Live. Founder and CEO of MBS Live. Ooh. Oh, well, you know, it right. said on Mortgage News Daily when I yeah. when I looked at your... Uh, you can't trust that website. They got some... <laughs> Chief operating officer that doesn't really update things. Enough. You really got to tell him. Yeah, we it's should probably also the we janitor. should totally not even re-record that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, people like personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good day for that. So before we so. before we really get into the numbers and and start boring people to death with ticks and bips and things like that, um, tell us exactly a little bit about MBS Live Dashboard and how you went from being an originator, um, really, to being an industry leader and innovator. You bet. So um, I hate bios uh, because I feel like you can't really talk about it without sounding like you're bragging. So I'll try to just talk about brag myself. away. Try to t- talk about myself the way other people might. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> He's beautiful, <laughs> handsome, muscular. Yeah, he is very <laughs> handsome. Um, he has so, a really good breath. Thank you. I did brush my teeth before I came here. We appreciate that. Um, So MBS Live (laughs) is basically what I wanted to have when I was an originator. Uh, I started out, you know, using services that provided MBS prices and some technical analysis ideas. And then I just sort of felt like there was always some rabbit hole. You know, I felt like Neo in the Matrix. There must be something more to all this. And then (laughs) started digging around and started writing uh, 
blog posts for Mortgage News Daily uh, because I had the audacity to email Mortgage News Daily's main email and said, this article is terrible. I could write this way better. And, <laughs> and the guy emailed me that back. That a lot about your personality the, right there. <laughs> well, I was 26 at the time, right? So I knew everything. Um, but the guy emailed me back. He's like, well, if you could do better, then write something and send it in. And so I did. He's like, that was great. Do it again. And so before I knew it, I was writing the mortgage commentary for Mortgage News Daily. And then that sort of grew into my opportunity to create MBS Live and then got hooked up with uh, that guy and another amazing programmer that can do wizardry um, with live data streams. And uh, yeah, just one thing led to another. And we have the live community there, which is huge and the best in class data delivery in terms of live streaming and haven't been anywhere else for the past 15 years. We're really limited on time. That's all the time we have for the biography. We really appreciate it. All right. The podcast is over. Have a great week, folks. Oh, my gosh. Um, So one of the things that I love about MBS Live, and I got turned on to MBS Live by my wife. She says hello, by the way, even though you probably have no clue who Quinn Vance is. I I know her quite well. This is awkward. This is going to be a really fun podcast. This is fantastic so far. (laughs) Um, folks. (laughs) She's actually the one who got me the subscription back in January this year as a Christmas gift, believe it or not. Ah. And it's given me so much rate anxiety. And we've talked about it on the show a few times. Um, But one of the things I think I love the most is the chat. I mean, having the numbers and having all the data, that's great. And, you know, having, you know, just the bulletins that you send out is awesome. But the chat is kind of where it's at. So do you got any shout outs that you want to give for people in the chat that may or may not listen to this? I think the main shout out that I have to give is to Victor Burek because he's the guy that was there before anything ever happened. Um, But no, I mean the whole chat, everybody, if I gave any other shout outs, uh, it would be here all day just because that thing makes the entire site. Uh, And I had no idea when we started that, that it was going to be such an integral piece of the of the offering, but yeah, it really is amazing. And it's, it's so as an MBS highway user, which, which I've shared, <laughs> tell Who me what the chat the people on the show <laughs> Who picks these people. Uh, tell me what the chat's like though. What's, what's the general conversation? What's being said? So it turns your keyboard and screen into an interconnected office with every other originator that's on MBS live. Okay. The same way if you've ever worked in an office environment with a, a bunch of other focused, successful loan officers and can, you know, yell down the hall or press the button on your, your little, the phones we used to have back yeah. when we could do that. Um, and ask a question or just, you know, shoot the breeze, whatever you want to do. Uh, it just, it's an interconnected community and awesome. there's all kinds of questions and it's, 100% real time, and it's every single member. Interesting. Different loan scenario questions. Yep. Oh. Loan scenario questions. There's a couple different channels. You can go off topic and talk about sports or recipes <laughs> or there what have you. And I, I clamp down hard on politics because that, yeah. can, that can happen elsewhere. But you can't yeah. talk politics. That, that spirals yeah. quickly. Yeah. Right. So that's good. All right. So <laughs> now this I'm sh- interested. <laughs> <laughs> You can get a subscription. Actually, why don't I refer you? I'll get a month for free. Isn't that true? If I refer someone, I get a month free, right? Oh, all right. Or if you ask me, you can just get, you know, many months for free. (laughs) Randy's like, what? No, it's a Christmas present. That sound was my jaw hitting with this. All right, let's get into the numbers. I got to steer this ship back on course. Uh, You know, today is all about the numbers. And as a loan originator, do I just stick to... Oh, let me do mine too. 
<laughs> Refreshing Diet Coke. All right. So since the show is actually called All About the Numbers, let's get into the numbers a little bit. <laughs> and as a loan originator uh, who suffers from severe rate anxiety, am I just watching MBS performance in the 10-year when I'm trying to predict or understand the market? Or what are some just really basic things that I can keep an eye out for when I'm thinking about locking or floating? Hmm. Um, so I only like to tell people to think about locking or floating in intraday terms. Um, by the time you go to bed for the night or by the time you give up your opportunity to lock on any given business day, you're really at the mercy of things that you can't predict and that yep. nobody can predict. And that usually, and there is actually some scientific research on this, the more of an expert somebody is at something, the worse they are at predicting it when it comes yeah. to economics and financial markets. I can totally see that. Good uh, thing, Randy. Um, so, <laughs> you know what? You'd, I'd rather be lucky than good. So, so far, this is great. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. This. I mean, random chance is oftentimes better than expert prediction. And I think we saw that a lot in the post-COVID timeframe. A lot of people thought they knew what was happening. Right. <laughs> so what do you think moves the market the most besides data? <laughs> or is it all data? I think it's data. Uh, no. So there are... It's, it's interconnected, right? Because the Fed moves markets hugely. Uh, and the market is always really attuned to potential changes in Fed policy. But at the end of the day, the Fed is still data dependent. So the Fed obviously is uh, probably the most volatility inducing market mover. Uh, but again, they're, they're data dependent. That said, they have ideas of their own that are sort of individualistic. One big example that comes to my mind is their inflation framework, which is just sort of their rules of the road for how they're going to set policy, uh, given any level of input in terms of how the jobs market is doing and in terms of where inflation is at. And so coming out of the financial crisis, they felt like they didn't leave their foot on the gas long enough and that that sort of left uh, the lower quintile of income earners in the dust. And I'm glad they finally took credit for, <laughs> for messing some things up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely. They and, they, and they have recently <laughs> as well. Um, and I think, you know, the Fed gets a bad rap. They're going to get blamed when stocks are down, right. when rates are up. And, you know, they're going to look... Just like we get blamed when we... <laughs> right. I, I think they're... Told them to lock. <laughs> right. You told me 4.75. What is the 6.5%? <laughs> they're humans and they make mistakes. And the nice thing about Powell is Powell is just... He's an open book when it comes to saying, yeah, you know, this is what we thought and we screwed it up. And a, a couple of other Fed speakers have said that too. What I haven't heard them say, which I think they need to say is this framework business. They changed this and they were working through it in 2019 and it was sort of going into effect just when COVID happened. And it basically amounted to sort of a trickle-down economics thing where they said, mm -hmm. inflation didn't go up nearly as much as we thought it would when we were doing all this QE after the financial crisis. So the next time we have to do it, we're gonna leave our foot on the gas longer, harder, so that everybody in society gets this trickle-down wealth effect. And what that ended up doing is, is keeping their foot on the accelerator way too hard in 2021 when they were sort of tuned out from the risk that inflation wasn't going to end up being transitory, the word they like to use. And yeah. as early as... Uh, I should add that to my list of words I was going to ask you to define for there me. There you go. Go ahead, it's continue. Just, it means, I think it means temporary or something. 
<laughs> but uh, it's it's cooler if you use a more complicated right. one. So, you know, as early as November 2021, they were saying it's time to ditch transitory. Things are looking like it's going to get a little bit dicey. And indeed it did. But uh, by that time, you know, the damage was done. And then the Ukraine thing kicked it into even higher gears. So that is another answer to your question, Randy, is um, headline risk is what we call that. So the Ukraine war, uh, Japanese tsunami, right? I think right. When, whenever that was. These things that happen out in the world that aren't related mm -hmm. to markets that end up impacting markets in a major way. Right. Lots and lots of fear, like COVID. I mean, fear. just COVID, yeah. obviously. When you go yeah. back, if, if you just look at graphs, if you know nothing and all you're told is the date on a, on a graph line and you see the spikes on so many different levels of data. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that can really move it. Yeah. Oh, March yeah. 2020 was unprecedented. Never seen anything like it. Probably yep. won't see anything like it for quite a while. I was having such a good time this until is, then. This is my favorite story because this is the time that my teammate decided to go um, on a big backpacking trip. So he was completely gone and I was covering for him for a week. And then later he took a month off in August. You wow. probably know this. But he was gone for the whole week. And I'm just like managing the pipeline. We probably had like a, f a very full pipeline for me. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, he he pops on. He's like, wow, look, the market's up. And he's like trading stock at the top of the mountain. And then he, <laughs> and then he went down. And then, of course, it dropped. And then just started doing the, oh, yeah. the jumping that day. And he, meanwhile, he had a great morning. Thought everything was just like really moving forward. And then he came back. I was like, that was the worst week of my life yeah. Yeah, march <laughs> them back that was insane <laughs> all right so you said transitory I, I i do have here two words that i know how to spell i need you to help me understand because you guys talk about it in the chat all the time <laughs> all right and that's curve and liquidity yeah, and i bet. need i need to feel smarter yeah so please make make that sound. curve and liquidity um and hedge are three words that people use to i sound. know what hedge means Okay, good. Well, then you're one third as smart as anyone could be because yes. those are three year three words that people use to sound smarter than they actually are. Um, <laughs> I gotta start putting. I gotta write that down. Head <laughs> transitory curve. Curve okay, is continue. And the other thing too, like when you start reading what other people are writing in sort of market jargon, it's um it's just a shortcut. It's taking the easy way out of using more words or doing more explanation. So anytime somebody's talking about the curve, they're just talking about the stack of treasury securities, you know, ranging from I think traditionally we would just leave it at two-year treasuries through 30-year treasuries. And historically, on average, outside of sort of abnormal times, that's going to make a curve where the shorter dated yields are going to give you the lowest rate of return and the longer dated yields are going to give you more. And so you have this curve that's going parabolically up. And uh, that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I totally blame Joey for that. <laughs> what did Joey do? It's, it's I, not your fault. I didn't move. No, we had a I moment. I didn't move it an inch. We had a moment and he saw how dumb I was. <laughs> <laughs> when you said move parabolically and I just had this sort of just emptiness behind <laughs> behind my retina. I was looking right at him and he looked and at I'm me like sorry, it what just does made that me mean? Laugh. This is another word I must add to the list. You shouldn't edit anything out of this podcast. If you want people to enjoy it, just leave it all. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Okay, so I'm obviously going to have to listen to this several times to understand everything that you just said. So no worries. I mean, dude, break it down to, like I'm a yeah, second grader. Yeah, tell me to shut up and slow down. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the curve, treasuries, U.S. treasuries, they're bonds offered by the government 
right? Right. We get we on that same page there. Yep. yep. They're offered for different time frames, right? They could pay you back over two years, over thirty. Normally, if I'm going to tie up your money for two years, you might expect a lower rate of return. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to tie up your money for thirty, you might want more. Right. So the curve is just a visual representation of the interest rates associated with those time frames. Mm. Why is it it's such a big deal when the ten and the two invert? And now it's actually not that big of a deal anymore. So if I'm going to tie up your money for ten years or two years, what would you expect should pay you more? Mm. The 10. The 10. Mm-hmm. Always, right? Yeah. There shouldn't be any situation where the two would pay you more. Why is there? But the two pays you more right now because there's so much fear and anxiety about what's mm. going to happen over the next 10 years because the 10 year has to factor in everything over the next 10 years. The two years is only the next two years. And over the next two years, what do we know about short-term interest rates? The shortest term interest rate is the Fed funds rate. Right. right. It's an overnight rate. Mm-hmm. So the Fed really pins the tail on the donkey of the, the yield curve. Interesting. And everything else sort of flails around from there. And I'm tip- so enlightened. <laughs> I know. Second grader terminology. That's, That's all I had fantastic. to tell him. I'm, I'm learning stuff. Typically, Sorry, that ahead. donkey tail is just going to go up parabolically. Mm-hmm. And that's that word that means sort of curving like mm-hmm. a like a snowboard ramp, like a half pipe. <laughs> D in algebra too. That's as much math <laughs> as I did. And uh, and when the Fed is on an aggressive hike cycle, mm-hmm. that means that over the next two years, the average short-term interest rate is going to be a lot higher than normal. Mm-hmm. And so if traders are seeing that those high short-term interest rates, high inflation, whatever else is creating economic headwinds, uh, if they're seeing a negative impact from that over the next 10 years, they might be expecting a lower average return over those 10 years. Hmm. And this is exactly the reason, or sort of just generally the reason, that when the two-year yield is higher than the 10-year yield, people think it's a harbinger of recession. And uh, over the past you know, four or five recessions, we have seen a curve inversion before those. People do say that it like is a 100% predictor of recession. I hate the idea of 100% predictors of anything yeah, because fair. things change. Copper. <laughs> I read copper yesterday was the, sure. in the last 30 years, every recession we've had, copper went below a certain amount per tonnage. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's somebody on CNBC that says Dr. Copper because the doctor will always tell you what's wrong. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> There's all kinds of indicators like that. Uh, before the financial crisis, it was the, the TED spread was getting all this press. There's never one perfect indicator, and the, the curve inversion isn't a perfect indicator either. I think we will have a small technical recession. I mean, all it really needs is for uh, the second quarter to be, um, you know, negative. All right, Matt. <laughs> now that you have taught the writers of this show about the curve... <laughs> I have a question. You're making all of our <laughs> listeners doubt. Can I us. can I say something real quick? Yeah. In response to that, I probably went five years into doing what I do without really understanding what the curve was or why it mattered. See, so, thank you. There's a constant there learning go. to take place. And quite yeah. frankly, based on what you were saying too, right? It's it's total luck anyway. So do we need to pay attention? Mm, Lock yeah. it and, and do what you can do. Yeah, <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> but it is yeah. valuable to answer questions and sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I mean, just because I didn't know it in the first five years didn't mean it doesn't mean it didn't matter. Right. It still mattered back then. I just you know. Everybody's a student and needs to be humble when they yep. do this kind of thing, because there's always going to be some bunny, some bunny. <laughs> Is <laughs> it Easter? Bundy? There's always going to be somebody <laughs> that knows more than you, and there's always going to be something that happens in the market that makes even that person confused. Right. And so you got to stay humble. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Joey. Take My it. question is. What is your bold prediction for the next 12 months? Recession? 
or continued inflation? Recession or continued inflation? I think inflation is, uh, first off, let me just say, I can't say it with the words that you could leave in the podcast, but <laughs> predictions are like certain parts of the human anatomy that most people have that stink. Um, <laughs> the predictions are terrible. Uh, and I don't like making predictions. And the more of an expert somebody is at something, the worse their predictions generally well, thanks, are. Thanks for coming then today. I'm, yeah. yeah really. <laughs> Next question. Thank Joey. you. Next question. You, 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 no, that was I, a great dodge. That was a great dodge. Next question. Roses or violets? <laughs> I, uh, I would say that I think that recession is probably peaking. It's hard to say for sure because there's some dynam dynamics we don't really understand with respect to the supply chain crunch. And um, I do think that as far as people starting to get tired of paying so much for stuff, mm. especially in conjunction with high fuel prices, we are in several areas starting to see signs that that is waning. Um, of course, we're seeing it in the housing sector, uh, in some geographies and in some price ranges mm. and on the part of some listing agents or sellers who are perhaps reaching for the stars when they might not need to be. Need to be, yeah. Um, right. I'll leave it at that. But uh, I think that inflation is probably going to start to cool here. And what was the second part? Rates? No, no. It was Just recession no. or recession continuing. continuing. Or so, yeah, the recession part, I think here's the deal on recessions. There are recessions that happened for some big, obvious, terrible reason, uh, dot com, right, or the financial crisis. If we have a recession here, it's going to be what they refer to as a technical recession. It's just one that happened because the previous growth was so big that the current growth can't help but be in negative territory. But it's not for any dastardly, terrible reason that is going to scar humanity forever. You uh, look pretty relaxed. So you're not, you're not too worried about the next 12 months. I mean, so from a mortgage <laughs> industry standpoint and a refi-heavy standpoint, yeah, it's going to be a, a crappy 12 months. Can I say shitty here? Yeah, you can. We're not, this is an adult show. All right. Fantastic. It's going to be, you know, it's already been kind of shitty 2022. Right. Uh, if you were big into refis, yeah, it's it's tough. And even the purchase market is going to slow way down. Mm -hmm. um, people are going to worry that values are going to slide backward. In some metro areas, that might happen to some extent. But what people need to understand is this is not 2008. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to be a cheerleader, because I definitely was not a cheerleader for the housing market in 2007. I was kind of a chicken little and, and telling people, you know, how the sky was falling. And thankfully, for, well, not thankfully, but <laughs> thankfully for my credibility, the sky did fall, but uh, not thankfully for reality. Right. Anyway, it, yeah. this is not then. We yeah. don't have the same lending environment by a long shot. Uh, we don't have the same jobs environment by a long shot. I don't see the same level of unemployment. Um, you know, we have a lot of people mm -hmm. on the sidelines or that have uh, retired early and there's still a jobs deficit compared to where we would be if a normal rate of growth had continued through COVID. So definitely a slowing in purchase business. Obviously, refis are shut down until rates drop. But uh, from an economic standpoint, sure, maybe GDP is negative for a couple quarters, but it's not the kind of thing that is going to be anywhere near on the level of the financial crisis. On, only time will tell. Yeah. So Hey, that was a prediction, so you can't really uh -oh. read anything into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. No, we're <laughs> quoting you on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're proud of. So uh, speaking of numbers, what numbers do you think uh, nobody's paying attention to, but they should be? 26, 47, <laughs> 
and 32. Write them down. Oh, Go buy a lottery <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> I'm, writing, I'm taking so many notes today. This is, so this is good. What numbers? That's a really great open-ended, broad question. It's either really great or really terrible. Where'd it go, <laughs> Where'd it go Kate? Numbers in terms of economic data? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. Can I? Because everyone talks about the ten and two I, on the treasury. I can do a variation of that. Okay. Uh, on what numbers I think people are paying too much attention to mm-hmm. that they might not need to be. One I'll accept is, it. One is consumer sentiment, and that's a controversial statement because consumer sentiment actually has done a pretty good job of coinciding with recessions, and it will here again too if we have this small technical recession. But consumer sentiment is saying that the world is over. Consumer mm-hmm. sentiment is lower. It just came in lower this past week on Friday. Right. Lower than before the financial crisis. Right. Lower than the – super low. <laughs> and uh, the reason for that is that stocks are down 20% and gas is over $5 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Those are the two the main – things that you see and feel. Diesel's over six. Diesel <laughs> is out of control. And do it doesn't think, come down as fast. Why do I own it's a diesel? It's also interesting in our generation how many people have gone through the housing crash. And so now seeing it or feeling like it's coming there when housing has been pushed in headlines so much in the past two years and seeing the house prices increase, I think that that's like driving the fear. Anybody who is, I don't know, what, 38 through 45 who mm-hmm. might have been around their initial home buying age during mm-hmm. the financial crisis is like puckered right now yeah. because it feel there's some reminiscent vibes out there. Um, That's but, why I have anxiety because I, <laughs> I lived and worked through it. Yeah. The, I mean, the really nice thing about where we are right now today mm-hmm. is that rates you know, hit 6% in June, over 6%. Not according to Freddie Mac, but, you know, they did uh, for a few days. And they also... <laughs> All about the numbers. The other great thing is that they went up at the fastest pace since the 80s. After those kinds of things happen, you don't tend to see rates continue to go up. Um, now, they did in the 80s. I don't think it's the 80s. I don't think that's how this shakes out. Um, time will tell, what? as somebody once said, but... What? I, mm-hmm. uh, don't you guys just love the people that say, well, uh, my first interest rate was... Right. right. 18%. Yeah, what Enter was... two-digit number here. What was your home value? <laughs> yeah. Right? And Everyone flashing <clears throat> that. I've always just want to shake them. Like, how not... quickly was your income increasing? Yeah. <laughs> All the rest of it. What were taxes like? Yep. All right. Well, this show has been all about the numbers. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, but let's ask something just personal about you. Uh, you do golf or fish or anything like that? I do fish. Where's your favorite place to go fishing in, in the Northwest? So I'm a guy who does top five lists. I don't necessarily have top five for you right now, but <clears throat> it's so hard to pick a winner. I'll just pick a few. So uh, it's hard not to enjoy buoy 10 for salmon mm-hmm. uh, because it's like a grocery store, right? You basically go there, you take your fish out of the river and go home. Uh, I love to fish <laughs> on the ocean. Uh, got addicted to tuna fishing a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, fishing off the Oregon coast for tuna is great. But uh, nothing beats rolling out in the Columbia. Well, I'm, uh, I won't say nothing beats. Anchor fishing or trolling on the Columbia for salmon, especially spring chinook, one of my favorites. But uh, somebody's snoring. <laughs> he says, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's uh, just Joey's demeanor. <laughs> Yep. Pa- pastoral, uh, pastoral coast range rivers with uh, either a fly line or, or regular tackle or on a float tube with your kid, you know, hmm. trout out of some rural mountain lake. 
it's all good, man. Yeah. I mean, it's all It's good. the first thing you said all podcasts that I understood. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, fishing and salmon, my sister sent me some bears up in Alaska. There's a live stream from the National Park system. A live stream of a live stream? Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a <laughs> but it's just bears out there fishing for salmon, and it's so cute. <laughs> so speaking of bear markets and fishing, here we go. There you go. <laughs> so glad that you're on the show with us, Katie. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> and now, with the Truth and Lending Mortgage News, I'm having a really hard time keeping it together today. <laughs> Uh, from Forbes.com, industry layoffs surge in stock prices for real estate leaders plummet. Zillow's down 50% on the year. Rocket Company is down 60%. And get this, Redfin down 80%. Hmm. Uh, Redfin CEO Glenn Kelman, he said, if falling from $97 a share to $8 a share doesn't put a company through heck, I don't know what does. That's such a fabulous quote. Uh, mortgage rates edge back down and more volatility looms, according to Matt Grab. Matt Grab. <laughs> this is uh, this is my okay. Let's start that over again. Mortgage rates edge back down and more volatility looms, according to Matt Graham of Mortgage News Daily. Great volatility. I'm uh, still waiting for the day I get to wake up and not hear that word. And <laughs> what do you know? We have we have Matt Graham in studio. Where? You wrote that. Where's that guy? You wrote that, and I quoted you on it. Uh, Realtor.com reports that builders are slashing home prices and buyers are pulling back as construction slows. Uh, Texas saw the highest rate of cancellations at 27%, followed by the broader Southwest in Northern California. What that means is someone who agreed to buy the house to be built canceled. How's that? Hmm. And lumber prices are actually down. Uh, here's the one that really gets to me. Uh, St. Louis Fed Pres uh, James Bullard says the solid U.S. economy can handle rising rates. This not long after Atlanta Fed Pres uh, Raphael Bostic lends his support to a 75 basis point rate hike. So next week, is it 75 or is it 100, Matt? It is nothing next week, but the week after... <laughs> This it, is why I have you on the show. The week after. That's an honest mistake. That's an honest mistake, and I'll tell you why. Because even I have been thinking about next week with a level of Fed anticipation out mm -hmm. there and the extent to which we've been talking about this 75 versus 100-bit thing. It feels like it's coming next week. Right. But one cool thing to remember about the Fed and their blackout period is if you have Fed speakers hitting the wires, you, it's never going to be a Fed announcement the following week because they have 12 days that they have to take off from speaking before the announcement comes out. Wow. So. Oh, man, I just. Could I, you imagine taking 12 days off? <laughs> <laughs> what a funny question for somebody who hadn't participated in our green room chat. Wow. <laughs> so uh, when they do hike, 75 or 100? Seven, 75. I'll bet you 20 bucks it's 100. 75. I was leaning towards 100. I'm leaning towards 100. The market's okay, so leaning towards 100. 100 is the safe bet. 100 is the more probable bet. Um, to some extent, it depends on data that comes out between now and then. Uh, I think the Fed is, I don't think they've decided yet. Hmm. So uh, it may depend on the data to some extent. Joey, who are you going with? The two loan officers that write the show or our <laughs> guest over here that says it's going to be 75? <laughs> I choose Matt Grab. <sighs> We're at a stalemate. <laughs> Matt Grab. My goodness. Well, uh, uh, on with the news. Calculated risk blog posted housing inventory for the week of July 11th is up 32% year over year, but still down almost 49% pre-COVID 2019. 
And the average rate as we record the show for a 30-year fixed conventional as reported by MortgageNewsDaily.com. For a 30-year fixed, 5.71%. Uh, jumbos are staying actually pretty doggone close. They've they've gotten a little bit better since we recorded two weeks ago. And they're hanging in there on a 30-year jumbo at 4.8%. Um, everything else is uh, pretty stable. And I have no, I, I have nothing else to say. I've learned so much today. My brain hurts. Seriously. It's time to shut it down. <laughs> that wow. was very informative. All right. I Isn't that like kind of a passive aggressive way of just when you tell someone, that, thank you, that's very informative. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get to the wig part. I know. It was going to be the other Topo well, Chico. You were talking about the ring lights. And actually, the ring lights in the studio here are thanks to you. We have so many cables off the floor and stands off the floor. Oh my gosh. This is fantastic. Oh man. I got to go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. It's all about the numbers today. Truth and Lending Podcast, July 16, 2022. I apologize. We're doing this thing unedited. We absolutely have to. A what show? It was with a P. Ah. <laughs> Ship show. A sexy show. See you next week, potato heads. <laughs>